if you missed last week, let me give you a kind of a review of where we're at on weird. Because, you know, the whole reasoning we're doing this series is because I believe that the church, you and I, have to rise up and be different. Okay? Relevancy is not looking the same. It's giving. Relevancy is giving people a better opportunity. It's showing them that there's something better than what they're living. Okay? And so um, we, we want to be relevant in that definition. I don't want to be relevant so I can just make people feel comfortable. Come on. I want to be relevant because I want to show them a better way. I want to I live the life of God so they can see, wow, there is something different about you. I don't want them to look at me and say, ah, you're just the same as I am. I want them to see something better. And I, want, I want them to see Jesus in me. So if you missed last week, we're talking about weird because normal doesn't work. Normal is not working in our society. And we looked at the teachings of Jesus where he showed us clearly that there were two different roads. There was a broad road, a very wide road that many people travel. Unfortunately, that road leads to destruction, Jesus said. That's where the crowds are going. And, but there's another road, and Jesus said, this is a narrow way. This is a narrow road. And the good news, it's a road that leads to life. But the bad news is only a few people have the courage to leave the broad road and enter into the narrow road. And when, you know, the reason a lot of people are in the crowd, because it's comfortable in the crowd, isn't it? I, you know, everyone's going that way. And if everyone's doing it, it must be okay, right? No. But that's the way we feel sometimes. We're not alone. We're, we're in the crowd. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's uh, uh, saying this. Everybody's wearing this. Everybody, how I many of you guys have junior hires? Anyway, everybody's doing this. And we haven't changed much from junior high a lot of, a lot of times. But that's where the normal people go. And, I, and, and be honest with you, I used to find comfort in the crowd. Because everyone was doing it. And, and, and you feel, well, there was community in that in somewhat. But, it, the, but, but Jesus says the road that leads to destruction. But when you have the courage to lead that road that leads to destruction, get on the narrow road that leads to life, the people on that broad road will say, you're a little bit weird. You're a little bit, you're different. Um, and you're going to find comfort in that because you know normal, that road is, does not work. It does not bring life. It does bring this destruction. And here's the key thought. If you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. But if you want what few people have, do what few people do. And when it comes to finances, how many of you know what's normal in this country is broke, it's in debt, it's living from paycheck to paycheck, and it's always struggling? How many guys, you guys know that's normal in our country? But I, how many want something better than that type of normal? When it comes with the relationships, I bet you would agree that normal in America is when marriages don't work, we just get a divorce and we begin to hurt and start hurting each other. And, uh, and that's normal in America today to just, just quit. It's uh, normal that uh, even if they are hurting each other, that they'll just stay together because of the kids or because of finances or because they're afraid to do anything differently. That's normal in our country. If you're not married in relationships, this is normal relationship. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of jealousies. I mean, and that's normal. How many guys want to get out of that normal in relationships in this world? 
When it comes to life, what's normal today? It's normal just trying to wait for the next month and hopefully something's going to be better. And maybe, maybe there's a vacation we're going to go on. And so that's what I'm looking for and I'm not living today. Or maybe if you're lucky enough, you'll keep your kids out of jail and then they'll graduate from college, you know, and yay, they'll be off your, your payroll and then you'll be 65 or 70 and you get to retire, maybe golf or garden for the rest of your life. I don't know what's normal, but that seems like what's normal, but there's got to be more to this life. I believe God has something better than normal for me, and I want that. And if you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. But if you want what few people have, that peace, that joy, that security, that life of meaning, that, that destiny, that sense of pleasing God, then you're going to do what few people do. And it's time to really get a little bit weird. And it's okay to be weird. And, when I, and what I hope is that you'll embrace the truth that it's not only okay to be different, and if you're being led by the Spirit of God, it's way better to be different from this world because normal is broke. Normal is overwhelmed. Normal is fear. Normal is broken relationship. Normal, quite frankly, is sin. Proverbs 14, 12. Look, listen to this. It says, there's a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to what? Death. In the end, it leads to death. There's a way that seems right to man, and that's the way normal people live. Oh, this seems right. Let's do it this way, but it's full of selfishness, it's full of humanism, the, 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 the love of self. That's, it seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to death. Normal is where the crowd is going, and I pray that you have the courage to exit that broad road, whatever part of that is maybe in your life, and get on the narrow road and follow Jesus in every part of your life. And the normal people, when you do that, are going to call you weird, but you won't care because normal doesn't work. And being different is okay. It's way, way better. Now look at 1 Peter chapter 1.16. Here's what God said. God's told us to be different here. He says this uh, here in 1 Peter 1.16. He says, For it is written, Be holy. Be holy. Why? Because I am holy. I love that. God wants us to be like Him, right? I mean, He gives us this avenue. You know, anytime God tells you to do something, he empowers you to do it. He gives you the gifting, the grace, the enablement to do and to be holy. So he says, he says, so, so be holy because I am holy. He wants us to be like him. Now, now that, that verse, I didn't like that much. I didn't like the word holy because I didn't really understand it. I thought holy, being holy was only for those re really weird, weird, weird. I mean, not in a God way, weird, weird religious people, you know, because I was thinking of myself. I had issues. I had, I had problems. I knew my thoughts, and they weren't always good. I knew my life, my actions. They weren't holy. So I want to give you a little, a little more context to that meaning of the word holy. And this may be an important thought for you. The word holy comes from the Greek word hageos. And besides holy, this word means to be pure. It means to be set apart. It literally means to be different. And God says, to be holy because I am holy. God says, you live in this impure world. I want you to be pure. I want you. God says, I want you to be set apart. You're not normal. You're going to be different. And God says, don't be like the rest of the world, but be different. And here's the key. 
those who are seriously following Christ, that you're not just a Christian by name, but you truly want to please the Lord in everything that you do. And in all that you live for, you want to please him. When you follow the teachings of Jesus, he's going to lead you off that broad path onto the narrow one. And your goal is not just to be weird for weird's sake. Your goal is to please God. And when you're striving to please God, he's going to set you apart. You're going to be different. And the rest of the world is going to call you weird. And the moment you leave that path, you're going to be smacked right into the face with people saying, uh, making fun of you. Why are you leaving us? Why are you changing that? Stay here with us. Where are you going? This is where the normal people are. Like, that's the thing that you want to be. Don't be weird. You used to be really cool. Stay with us. So you're hit with this pressure that wants you to conform to the norm. King David in the Old Testament in Psalm 69. I, I want to show you some of these. These are very great verses. Verse 9 in the NLT. God, David said to this, this to God. And he said, God, passion for your house has consumed me. So passion, God, for what matters to you. It's consumed me. And I love when you read statements that David made in Psalms. They, they give us a sense that he's saying that, God, I want to serve you and only you do I want to serve. I want my whole life to count for something. I want to worship you all day long. Passion for these things matter to, to you and what matters to you, it matters to me. But it, not only that, it's consumed me. And so he says, God, passion for your house is consuming. And he goes on and says, and the insults of those who insult you, God, have fallen on me. Basically, he's saying, God, I'm so, I want to be so close to you. Those who, who throw insults at you are going to hit me because I'm that close to you. And he goes on in verse 10. He says, when I weep and fast, and David did that a lot for the, for the state of the nation. He says, when I weep and fast, they scoff at me. When I dress in burlap to show sorrow, what do people do? They make fun of me. And I like what he says in verse 12. He says, I am the favorite topic of the town gossip and all the drunks sing about me. Now, let me tell you something. If you think you're weird and there's no drunk singing about you, you got a ways to go. Amen. You got a lot weirder to go, you know. So when you leave the broad road and you follow Christ on the narrow road, people are going to mock you. They're going to call you weird. And I want you to remember this. When God leads you that way, whatever you do, don't get stuck in a bucket. And here's what I mean. I, I, I grew up on the coast of North Carolina. In Wilmington, North Carolina, that's where I grew up. That's where I met my wife, um, Lisa, and uh, man, I just loved it there. I loved growing up at the beach. And so I, I remember, even as a kid, that I would go down to the beach and we would find these sand crabs. How many of you guys ever, remember the, ever been to the beach, see those sand crabs? One's got a bigger, uh, what's it called, clipper, claw, than the other one. And so I, as a kid, I love to pick these things up and put them in a bucket. And I remember, man, I would just sit there and just basically kill them. I'm sorry. But anyway, um, torture them. That's what I was doing. Oh, God, help me. Um, and, uh, but I remember that um, when one of the crabs would try to get out of the bucket, another crab would grab it, would grab its crab butt and pull it down. I don't know why, but every time one tried to get out, they would, they would grab it and pull it down. And nobody knows really why they do that because they don't talk. 
But this is what happens to you and I. When we leave the broad road and go to the narrow road, there's going to be somebody who's going to try to grab your butt and pull it back down. And they're going to continue to do that. And they want to keep you with everybody else. They want to keep you. When you start to uh, climb out, they want uh, to get you off that road. They don't want you to be God-honoring. They don't want you to change. And and listen, I'm going to tell you something. Some of these may be Christians. Turn to your neighbor. That's not you. Why do people do this? Because I've had it. You've had it. Because you've changed. And they want to grab you back down because this is why they do it. Because there's comfort in the crowd. They don't crowd. They don't want you to leave. They don't want you to leave because what you're doing, you're telling them there's something better. And they are comfortable in that place of destruction. Isn't that crazy? Remember the nation of Israel? They're leaving Egypt. They have a few problems. They see the miracles of God. What do they do? They want to go back to slavery. They want to turn around and go back and be beaten again. They think they have it better. Why is that? They got comfortable in in that. They got comfortable in where they were at. But we are to be different. We're actually not only to show them a better way, and as they're mocking us, try to convince them to come. Say, hey, listen. Trust me, let me show you something better. That's why your testimony is so important. You should put your, on Facebook your testimony and remind people, I left the way of destruction and got onto the way of life. Let me show you how it's done. Amen? Some of you are growing in your passion for God and you really want to please Him. His, His, His Word is making different, a difference in your life and you're set apart. But you're going to have to understand this for the rest of your life. You're going to have to deal with the constant pressure to conform to the norm. All your life, there's going to be this gravitational pull. There's going to be somebody want to pull you back into this cultural norm. And you're going to have to fight the drive to conform to the norm. And there's two types of pressures that you're going to have. You're going to have an inward pressure and there's going to be an outward pressure. And I want to talk about this because I want, I want to guard you. I want you to give you tools on how to combat these pressures that are going to stop you from continuing in that narrow road. It's going to say, well, it's, I had it better on this other side. I don't know about you. How many has ever thought that before? Once you became a Christian, you started to go on that narrow road. A thought came in and says, man, did I have it better back then? How many has ever had that thought? I know, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a wrong thought because you didn't have it better then. So let's start with the inward pressure. The inward pressure, and this is it, is that most of us deal with this. That is the need to please people. We want to make other people happy. And we don't want them to think that we are weird. We want them to like us. We want to blend in. This inward pressure, we want to be normal. In fact, if I was really, really honest... The need to please people has been one of the struggles that I have dealt with all my life. One of the biggest obstacles I've had in truly serving God. Whenever I feel like God is leading me to do something, I always have this thought pop in my mind. Um, what are people going to think about me? 
What, 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 is, the, what is that person going to think? Or what is that person going to think about me? Well, they're kind of different. I, I, I don't want them to think I'm different in any way. And uh, how are they going to understand? And Scripture addresses this problem. Look at Proverbs 29, 25. And the Bible says here, in Proverbs 29, 25, the Bible says, The fear of man, the fear of what people will do to you, or what people are going to think about you, the fear of man will prove to be what? A snare. It will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. Now, you need to circle that word snare or trap in your notes. It comes from the Hebrew word morkish, and, it, and this is what it means. It means a trap. It means a snare. It literally means placing a hook in your nose with a rope on the other end of it, and somebody's pulling you along. How many of ever seen a bull with a, with a ring in its nose? And you put, you put a rope on that, and you can lead that bull anywhere. Well, that's what it's doing to you. It's putting, I, I don't want to pick my nose, so it's putting a, a, a hook in your nose, and, and leading, leading you anywhere it wants. It's a trap. It's a snare. It's a hook. The fear of man will prove to be like a hook in your nose. And if, if it will hook you, and it will remind you that the fear of man is a snare, and it will lead you. And that's where a lot of people are at, is where we are being led by what we think other people, oh, we, we desire what people think about us. The fear of man. God might lead you to different things in your life. He may lead you to, to live a, a different lifestyle than everybody else has been living around you. But you can't be afraid of what they say or what they think. God may lead you to turn off your television, not watch TV. And you're worried, what will my friends think if I don't know all the soap operas? What's going on? Do they have soap operas? God may lead you to stop buying new clothes. Because you want to get out of debt. So you're going to go to the goodwill. Or you're going to go to the Salvation Army. And or go to you know, yard sales that are going to start up here. And people are going to look at you. Why aren't you dressing as nice as you used to? Or they're going to ask you, man, that, that looks nice. Where would you get that goodwill? What? Or you might say, God, God's calling me to foster a kid. And people already look at you. You already have ten. <laughs> Why are you going to foster another one? And you're almost fifty. But God told you. But if you are have a fear of man, you will never do what God tells you to do. Because you're afraid of what they will say. And I can promise you, a lot of us have dealt with that, or maybe dealing with that now. And you're afraid of what people are going to think. I want you to I want never forget this statement. Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. Becoming obsessed to what people think about you is the quickest way to forget how God thinks about you. And this is some how some of us live. What are you going to th- what are they going to think? What are they going to say? Remember, it's, it's the quickest way to forget how God thinks about you. And we need to surrender to, to the Lord in everything that we do and forget about what other people think and do what God has called us to do because the normal road leads to destruction. That's why, parents, I, I, I want to encourage you to teach your kids to be different. 
Because different is better when it's led by the Spirit of God. And when you build these values into your kids saying, listen, you know, the app kings are not going to be like everybody else. We're going to be led by the Lord. And when you begin to build that family identity, you teach them that some things that us as a family, we just don't do like normal people do. And some things that normal, nor, normal people don't do, we're going to do. You know, years ago, um, I, I grew up trigger, uh, trigger, uh, trigger cheating, cheating, what's it, how is it, trigger cheating, what's it called? Trigger treat. see, I don't even know it anymore, on Halloween. You know, we would cheat, and we would trick, and anyway, so it's all the same. You know, I grew up, I didn't grow up, I grew up heathen. I mean, we didn't, we had one Bible, and you're not supposed to touch it. It was on my, on the coffee table. It was this big old Bible, had dust on it. And so, um, that's the only Bible I had growing up. And uh, if I touched it, I got in trouble. I don't know why, but I, of course, you tell a kid not to do something, we're going to do it. So, I would do it, and my mom would know because my handprints were on the dust on the Bible. <laughs> anyway, um, but... Uh, uh, so, you know, I, I, I grew up and we would we would do weird things. And I don't even want to go into what we would do during uh, Halloween. But when I, when Lisa and I, we started, uh, when we got married and then we had our daughter, Julia, we had we had the discussion. So I started to do some research into Halloween and everything. And so I just felt like for us, we're not going to do it. I'm not going to, we're not going to dress up our kids. We're not going to send them out and go on a, a trick-or-treating anymore. And so and I, so we had to teach our kids still today, we just don't do it, um, to that, listen, we are going to be different. And uh, what's normal to some people, this is, this is not normal for us. We're not going to do this. this is, we're going to be maybe weird in this area. And uh, so we're just not going to do it. My, my point is in the saying that is um, that, not that you should stop trick-or-treating, that's, that's our custom weird. That's weird for us, okay? I'm not going to put that on you. That's up to you and God, okay? But, um, in fact, us as a church, we, we go out and we actually do parties in people's driveways. It's called Light the Night. So I'm not, I'm not totally getting it. I, I want to minister to people, and that's what we do. And uh, so this is weird for us. Remember, I told you last week, God has a custom weird for you. Amen? And some of you are going to be weirder than most people, Okay? And some of you, God has a custom weird. So this is our weird for us. In fact, most of our friends trigger treat, and it's okay. It's your decision. But what we are doing is planting an identity in our children as the app kings that we are not going to be normal. And we're going to build this real sense of godly family identity in us. And I challenge you to do that in your kids. No matter what it is, you ask the Lord, Lord, how do you want us to do? How do you want us to be weird? Another one is that I, I don't go to R-rated movies. And if there's a movie that I don't let my son see, I'm not going to go see. That's just me. That's who we are. And I heard this taught one time, a long, long time ago, and it says this, that whenever a family identity is strong, peer pressure is going to be weak. But whenever fi- family identity is weak, which is normal, peer pressure is going to be strong. I want to help my kids learn it's okay to be different. It's okay to be weird. And I, and I love how my daughter and my son have done this, my older kids and even my, my youngest one, is that they, they said, you know, they, these kids are going over there, and they come home, and I said, well, you didn't go with them? He says, no, they're going to do this and this and this. I'll just see them later. 
they understand how to be weird. Now, they're not perfect, trust me. But you have to deal with that inward need to please, even in your kids and grandkids. The fear of man, it will prove to be what? A snare, a trap to to whoever allows that to happen in their life. But those who trust the Lord are going to be safe. So there's that inward pressure, need to please. And there's an outward pressure. And if you're taking notes, it's one word, and that is persecution. And you put in parentheses, criticism. It's an outward pressure from the outside of you. And it's persecution. It's criticism. People are going to criticize you. Those who are on the normal road are going to hurl insults at you for being on the narrow road. And again, that could even be people who say they're Christians. They're going to say, hey, what's up with you? Come back here. Why are you guys doing going to church all the time? You're a churchy guy. Or you're not going to go to that movie with me? Are you more holier than I am? Yeah, but anyway, that's another story. Why are you going to that prayer meeting? That's stupid. Prayer meetings are stupid. I mean, they're going to hurl insults at you. Why are you going to serve the homeless? They're always going to be poor people. Why don't you come and hang out with us? You're going to have insults. They're going to make fun of you, and they're going to criticize you, and they're going to persecute you. And when they do, you're going to remember the words of Jesus in John 15, 18. And he said this, If the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. If the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. So you're in good company. Because if you belong to the world, if you were normal, if, you, if the world, world loved you uh, because you're not making any difference, but that's not who you are. You are bought by the Son of God, by His precious blood of Jesus Christ. And you are created to be different. You have the very power of God, the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Not so you can stay the same. So you can be holy as He is holy. So you can be righteous So you can walk in his righteousness. You can be a light to the world. You can be salt to the earth. You can be different. You are aliens and strangers. You are weird. He's chosen you out of the world so you can be real. That's that's why the, the world hates us. Look at verse 20. Jesus said in the middle of this verse, he says, If they persecuted me, what are everybody going to do? They're going to persecute you also. So get ready for it. It's part of being different. It's part of being set apart. It's part of being pure. It's part of leaving the normal road that leads to destruction and get on the narrower road that leads to life. Because normal isn't working. Normal people don't like it when they see something different. But you've got to find comfort in that because God has called you to be different, to be weird. And I pray that you find comfort when people yell at you or, or say things about you or, or, or think, well, why are you different? It opens up the door for you to really show them what real life is. So don't worry when they call you weird. Don't worry about it. Because you are. It's okay. You're different than them. You're different than them. You follow God. And when you do, you're going to be persecuted. Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. Jesus said this. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, or falsely say things against you 
all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is what? Your reward in heaven. I love that. You rejoice. And I'll tell you honestly, I rejoice when people hurl uneducated insults at me. I rejoice. In fact, you should be worried when people aren't. Because you may not be making a difference. God's called you to make a difference. And when they hurl insults at you, guess what? You're in the same category as Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? So listen, my my thing is, is I want you to evaluate your life. Are you just living normal? Or are you changing? Are you different from everybody else? I pray. I I do. I pray for you. This is what I pray. That you'll be persecuted. Persecution is good. It's actually healthy. Because it gets you out of your place and realize that, yeah, I am different. But you have something that they need. You know, their persecution of you is because they don't feel like they have a way out. There's a reason for it. It's not that they're hating you. They may act like that. They're persecuting you because they don't know what you know. And when you start giving them what you know, there's an opportunity that they can grasp onto that. And yeah, I pray that. Because you know what? You cannot please everybody. So why even try? But the Bible says you can please God. You can please Him. You can't please everybody no matter how hard you try. But you can please God. 1 Thessalonians 2, 4, 4 says this. Says, for we speak as messengers who have been approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. And our purpose is to do what? Is to please God, not people. I love that. Our purpose is to please God, not people. Becoming obsessed with what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. And the fear of people will be a snare and it will lead you into a different way. But God has called you and I off the normal road into a narrow road that leads to life. And he's called you there for a purpose because that's where he is. And he wants you to understand that. He wants you to come to that place where you are free. There is freedom. There is life. There is purpose. There is joy. There is his presence, pleasures forevermore. And when you and I step off that way and we become like he is, we become holy because we receive all that he's done for us. There's something greater that can come in your life. And you're not to worry about these pressures that's going to stop, try to stop you. Because this is what's going to happen. And in fact, in the next few weeks, we'll dig into this a little bit more. Is that God's going to call you to live in your finances differently. And I'm telling you something, church. I'm preparing you. We are in final days. I believe that. Whether that's 100 years from now or it's tomorrow. I want to prepare you for something. And you and I are needing to rise up and to, to line ourselves up with God and who He is. Because it's not just so you will go to heaven, but so you can be a light to everyone in this world that's on that normal road and think this is all there is to life. You are a change agent to this world. You are a representative of Jesus Christ. 
So start living like that. Amen? Start getting off those areas in your life. Like I told you last week, you may be on uh, uh, different roads in your life, and you, there's departments in your life, like your, your finances. You may be on the normal road in your finances, but everywhere else, you're on the narrow path. But God wants to change that in your life because he wants to bless you even more. You may be on, in your relationships on that normal road and think that there's, this is all there is to my relationship. It's all there is. But will you dare to step out of that and decide, no, there's got to be more. I see it in the Bible. We've got to dare to step out of these, this, this normal road as a body, as a church, as each, every one of us, and decide, I'm going to live on that path that Jesus, you know, Jesus made that narrow path. He walked it. He provided it for us. That narrow path that everyone can go. It's actually big enough for everybody. But there's a way of life. There's a way of living. There's a way of being that's only in Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And that we make him the boss of our life. So we must choose to live on that road. Amen? There's something greater for you. There's something greater for all of us. Are you ready for that? How many want better than normal? Amen? You want better than what this world has for us. So I want us to take that step. I want us to take that step and say, God, I, I want more. I want to get off this normal road. Because I tell you what, it all leads to destruction. That's why I believe, as, us as believers, a lot of believers aren't any different from this world. And a lot of times what happens is, is that because we choose to stay on a normal road. So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I want you to ask the Lord again. Lord, what road am I still on that's not of you? What road, Lord, am I still on that's normal? I want to be different. God, I want you are holy and you've commanded me to be holy. So God, I want to be on that road. Some of you already recognize that you, you are way too normal in some parts of your life. But you want to be weird, not for weird sake. You want to please the Lord. You want to honor God in every part of your life. And the byproduct product is going to be weird, but deep down, you want to please him. So if that's you today. I want you to recognize some of those things in your life that's, that have been holding you back. Some of you, you've allowed the fear of man to just lead and guide you. It's been a hook. Because you're afraid to step out. Some of you have testimonies. You just afraid to step out and give those testimonies because you're afraid of what people might think of you. Sometimes we just, we allow those things to stop us. I mean, to be honest with you, some of you, you might have felt like the Lord's told you to start a business and you've been afraid of failure. 
See, fear in any way is not of the Lord. God doesn't operate by spirit of fear, but power of love and sound mind. And fear is a spirit. It's a spirit. It's an evil spirit that's trying to stop you and lead you down that broad path. And that broad path is leading you away from the Lord. And it may be certain areas in your life. It may be your relationship. maybe your marriage. maybe with your kids. I, I know there are people who are afraid to pray in front of their family. It's fear. I understand that. You feel, you feel, really, you feel hypocritical when you do it. But that's fear. That's not of God. God didn't say that. God sees you through the eyes of Jesus. And he wants you to lead your family. Say, Sean, you don't know what my past is. Listen, all of us are screwed up. Pray. Run to Jesus. Be that man, of a spiritual leader of the family. Get out in front and do that. Some of you haven't gotten into the ministry that God's called you to get into because of fear. It's time to get off that broad road and onto the narrow road in every part of our life and do and be who God's called us to become.